This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi there, this is Jillian on Love, and I'm on a mission to teach people how to completely transform their romantic relationships by first transforming the relationship they have with themselves. So whether you're in a relationship, single or heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm Jillian Tarecki, certified relationship coach and teacher with over 20 years experience helping people transform their relationship with themselves through their minds, their bodies, and their breath. I have coached and taught thousands of people to become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up for and within their love lives. Today's episode is dedicated to those of you who are having some relationship trouble, and also to those of you who have had relationship troubles in the past, and you want to prevent them from happening again in your relationship. Or maybe you're single, and you've had a lot of problems in the past with your relationships, and you want to prepare yourself as much as possible for your next relationship. So this is really about relationship trouble, but how to restore connection and ultimately save your relationship. The things that I'm going to be covering on this episode is so important. It is not easy. None of it is easy. Relationships challenge us to the very core, specifically romantic relationships. So I am no way claiming that this is going to be easy, but it is critical. And if you follow these steps and you really put in the effort, you can transform your relationship. I am giving you a formula that I give couples who I've worked with and singles who I've worked with. And if applied, and you might need to hire someone to help you do this, but just using this episode to apply some of the things that you've learned to your current relationship or to your future relationship is going to be a game changer. The first thing you have to understand that we all have to understand is that relationships, they rarely end because of a lack of love. They end because of a lack of connection. And it is in the absence of connection that the passion two people have for each other to meet each other's needs and to show up fully in the relationship and participate in the relationship fades. I'll say that again. Relationships rarely end because of a lack of love. 
They end because of a lack of connection and in the absence of connection, the passion to meet each other's needs and to show up fully to the relationship fades. So what actually causes a lack of connection? Well, it can be many things, but today I want to focus on what I consider to be the three biggest chokeholds on a relationship. But before I share what they are, I want to first mention something that is really important for everyone to understand about being in a relationship. A strong, healthy relationship is about 20% skill and 80% psychology. So learning skills such as how to communicate is extremely helpful and necessary. But addressing how we cope with stress, conflict, and our difficult emotions is literally what makes the biggest difference in our love lives. So a lot of what I'm going to be covering today is the 80% psychology. So let me get into the three chokeholds. Stress, number one. And I have said this in other episodes. And those of you who follow my work, you know that this is a, a thing that I come back to again and again. Stress. Stressful states are reactive states. Stressful states are reactive states. When we are reactive, we are reacting to our environment, our circumstances, to just about anything. This is when our stuff, quote unquote, comes up. When we are reactive, when we're calm and we're in a state of internal peace or contentment, that is a state where we are accepting how things are, we are okay with our environment, we are okay with our circumstances, or even if we're not okay, we're responding to it. We have a belief or faith in the fact in our minds that the outcome will be okay, that whatever happens will be okay. But when we're constantly reactive, that's when we're stressed. And when our stuff comes up, that's when we get in our heads and we create a bunch of stories, a bunch of fiction. This is where we talk about and say things to ourselves. This always happens. They always do this. They never. It never. And we get trapped in our heads. And we all do this, myself included, which is why I can speak to it with so much confidence uncertainty. We get trapped in our heads. And when we get trapped in our heads and the always and the never and these stories, and I'm talking about negative stories, the kind of stories that make us ruminate, the kind of stories that make us think about the worst case scenario, the kind of stories that make us feel unhappy with our partner. It's like our minds get very constricted. They get very, very small. We can't see a way out. That's what I mean by getting trapped in our heads. And our minds become like a battlefield of crappy meanings. They did this because they don't care. They're like that because, and then the meaning is, I'm not good enough. And we get trapped in it. And the more we get trapped in it, the more we feel resentful. 
the more fearful we become. I mean, fear gets us into these states. Then when we get stuck in our heads, it's like the fear builds on top of itself. And we don't talk enough about the fiction we create about the person we love sabotaging relationships. We talk about resentment, but what really is resentment? Resentment is a state of being trapped in our own story about someone else because we haven't communicated what it is that we need or what our observations are. And so we keep it inside and then we create an internal environment of reactive stress and we don't find a way out. And then it builds and it builds to the point where even though some of the things that we might be thinking are true, it's not that none of it is true. It's just that we run with it and we create a whole narrative around it. And when I'm able to get people out of it, when I'm able to pull myself out of those states, every single time, 100%, there is some sort of understanding around, oh, I guess my mind got the best of me. When you stay in your head, your relationship is dead. And I don't care if you have to tattoo that on your arm (laughs) or write it on your phone so it comes up as a reminder three times a day, five times a day, once a day. Stay in your head and your relationship is dead. Because even when we're in our heads in these stressful states, these are the states that activate our attachment wounds. The person who is anxiously attached is not always anxiously attached. The person who struggles with avoidance is not always avoidant. They are reacting to a trigger. They are stressed out. They're in a story. They're creating meanings. It's all happening so fast that it's hard to even break it down. For someone because it's happening so fast, but it is a stressful state. That is why I struggle with people saying, I'm anxiously attached. No, you struggle with it because you're not always anxiously attached. It is not a death sentence. It is not who you are. And it's definitely not what you struggle with all the time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Second chokehold, selfishness. When we get afraid, whether it's because of our attachment wounding, but let's just shelve that because attachment wounding does not define everything in a relationship. When we get afraid at all. And by fear, I'm really talking about, I'm not addressing abuse or violence here. I am addressing any time you feel insecure at all you will become obsessed with getting your needs met. Same with me, same with everyone. So that is a big part of selfishness that we all, even the most selfless givers of us, we will become selfish in a relationship if we feel insecure and insecure enough 
whether that is our own stuff, whether that is a symptom of the relationship, whether that's something that our partner is doing that's lacking mindfulness, whatever it is, when we feel afraid, we will get obsessed with getting our needs met and we don't care about their needs in those moments. All we can think about is our own survival. And again, of course, this is a hundredfold when you're dealing with an incredibly pathologically unhealthy relationship with someone who is unhealthy. I will address that in another episode, but today I am just talking about those moments where we go through a rough patch with the person we love and we feel afraid. Or maybe it's not even a rough patch. Maybe it is just an argument. And when we argue, we are typically not arguing from our higher minds. We're arguing from our primal minds. It's all fight or flight. And all I'm saying is that when we get into that state, it becomes like survival. And all we think about is what are my needs and how are they not meeting them? We rarely ask ourselves, what is it that I'm doing to contribute to this problem that's hurting them? Another part of selfishness is just mindlessness. You know, we get mindless. Even the most self-aware of us will become unconscious sometimes in a relationship. We sometimes get too fixated on thinking about I instead of we. Now, of course, there are people who are really selfish in relationships, and I'm sure you've been in a relationship with someone who's really selfish where all they're thinking about is themselves. They're never thinking about the we. Maybe you've even dated someone and wanted so badly to turn a quote-unquote situationship into a relationship even though it was so clear that that person was stuck in an I mindset and not a we mindset and you're dying to become part of the we, they're selfish. But specifically for the purposes of today, I'm trying to point out the selfishness that can arise in every single one of us and how that creates relationship trouble. Number three, third chokehold. One of the most destructive habits in a relationship that is not discussed is the habit of getting too comfortable. Now, if you want to take a really big deep dive into this, you can listen to my episode titled Sex and Sweatpants. You can also listen to a more recent episode right before the new year, 10 Things to Become a Better Partner and to Improve the Relationship with Yourselves. The habit of getting too comfortable has a few layers. One is just treating someone like they would never leave us, taking someone for granted, being so comfortable with them and so comfortable in their love for us that we forget that no one can guarantee that they will love us forever and no one can guarantee that they will stay in a relationship with us forever. The great Esther Perel is very well known for saying, you know, at best, a partner, someone we're in a relationship with, someone is with us, they're on loan with an option to renew. We don't own anyone. And so it's so important. The reality check is people in a relationship, two people come together to form a relationship. We must never forget that those are two autonomous beings. And one person might have a really low standard and one person might have a really high standard, but at the end of the day, everyone has a threshold where they decide, I can't do this anymore. So we can't get too comfortable. 
Also, getting too comfortable is not doing enough fun stuff together, no adventures together. You're so in the comfort zone. Things have become boring and monotonous and your sexual life has declined because of it. And this idea of certainty in the comfort zone is so important because hear me when I say most people will stay in unsatisfying relationships because they are comfortable. And they're at least comfortable enough to look at going out into the unknown. That is scarier to them than staying in a relationship that is totally wrong for them. They will also stay in unsatisfying relationships without taking action to make it satisfying and do the work because To go into action means to stir the pot a little bit. And they would rather keep it status quo, unsatisfied, unfulfilled, unhappy, because it's comfortable. So how to address these three chokeholds, these three issues? So let's talk about stress. And like I said, I talk about this a lot. You probably know that I talk about this a lot. I talked about it the very first episode of Jillian on Love. But so much of learning how to minimize stress or rather minimize our reaction to the inevitable stress that is in all of our lives, because we can't control things, can't control things happening. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to learn how to, in many ways, master our psychology, to work with our emotional states and to learn how to create emotional states so that we can lean more towards positivity and problem solving. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, this popular term toxic positivity that's all over the pop psychology zeitgeist right now. But if you are someone who tends to lean more towards negativity, and that could be because you grew up in a household where, you know, your parents saw the glass half empty. That was part of your parents' psychology. And so you adopted that. You may have leaned more towards the negative because in many ways that's helped you in life. If you can prepare for the worst, then you're safe. And maybe that has been really helpful for you when you were a child. Maybe that's been really helpful for you in business as an adult. But in a relationship, it doesn't really work because it puts us in a constant fight or flight, aka stressful state. And when we get very reactive, we lose our problem-solving skills. And one of the most important and underrated relationship skills is the ability to problem solve together. And I get it because when we get into these really fearful, stressful states, especially when a relationship is not going well or it's going through a rough patch, we don't believe that we can solve our problems. We feel helpless and we feel hopeless. And so we want to prevent these states from taking over. We have to work really hard in our own lives personally, not everyone, but some of us more than others, and in our relationships 
to prevent the state of feeling helpless and feeling hopeless and feeling like we can't problem solve to take over. We have to prevent that as much as we possibly can. So how do we actually prevent these incredible stressful states from becoming sort of our emotional home, so to speak. It's like, it's all the time. It's, you know, work doesn't go well. We're constantly stressed. You know, someone says something to us that we don't like, then we go into these states. You probably have heard this before, but there are actually things that you can do every single day. I know I have to do them every single day so that I stay totally regulated. And I literally prescribe this, like a doctor prescribing a a medication to people. You must exercise every day. It doesn't matter if it's 10 minutes. If it's if you're doing the same thing every single day with your body, your body gets a little bit bored and your mind gets a little bit bored. You got to switch up the exercise so that you can feel like you're in a more elevated state. Listening and or reading things that inspire you a little bit every single morning. So very important. So moving your body, listening or reading something that inspires you every single morning. And then there's also just talking to someone, talking to trusted counsel, whether that's a coach, whether that's a therapist, whether that is a very objective friend or family member, someone who can help you arrive to the place where you can say to yourself, I'm in my head and overthinking everything. And when you are able to say, I'm in my head and overthinking everything, that is the first step to repairing and quite possibly saving a relationship. When you can admit that to yourself and when you can even say that to the person you're in a relationship with. And maybe you're saying, I need a little reassurance. Maybe you're apologizing. But that acknowledgement to ourselves and to another, that's the name of the game. It's not about never getting in your head. It's not about being a Buddha in a relationship. It is about being accountable and self-aware. Another thing I want to address is something that is not talked about enough, although more people are starting to talk about it, which is great. Because one of the most underrated relationship skills is the ability to sit with our uncomfortable feelings instead of reacting by controlling or reacting by withdrawing in any way. It's about taking a pause. So when we feel triggered by something, whether it's a positive trigger or a negative trigger, when something is done or said or we see something that activates something inside of us that immediately wants us to go into action. We have to take a pause. And in that pause, we learn to use our breath. You take a deep breath in, a deep breath out. You might have to do that for a couple minutes. Don't hyperventilate, just deepen your breath and regulate your nervous system so that you can choose with greater intention your response to something rather than being controlled by your emotional reactions. Like I said in the beginning, this is not 
easy. This is going to take a lot of practice. But this is so important because it's not just a relationship skill. It is a life skill. Everyone, regardless of attachment wounds, will struggle at various points in their relationships. And when they do, as you know, it can be extremely overwhelming. We will then often feel compelled to control or withdraw in some way in an effort to restore emotional security. This is so widespread. This is so human, which is why practicing sitting with our discomfort without reacting is the foundation of all spiritual teachings. To resist the impulse to control our environment or to control another autonomous being in order to orchestrate a particular outcome is for many of us a huge undertaking, but yet it's necessary. To resist withdrawing from the problem or from the relationship or from your partner is equally a huge task. Both are reactions that may give us temporary relief or a temporary sense of control, but it guarantees long-term pain because relationships, even the best ones, will go through cycles of unsteadiness. They will have moments of rift even when things are overall good. This is part of the deal, which means we have no choice but to learn how to sit with the discomfort when we don't have a solution, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel needy, or we can't connect with someone exactly when we want to. And this might mean you have to take this to your therapist. This might mean that you have to practice meditation every single day. This might mean that you have to go for a long walk. This might mean that you have to call your friend. And in fact, call a friend instead. Take a couple hours, couple minutes to cool off if you need to cool off. Go for a walk, like I said, breathe. I am not suggesting staying in in a relationship that wrecks your nervous system. That is not what today is about. I'm talking about those moments where we really struggle to control ourselves. And we have to learn how to do that with practice. If we want a healthy relationship, we have to. And anyone can learn. And last thing that I will say about stress as one of the three chokeholds on a relationship, we have to deal with our past so that our current relationship isn't paying the price. We can't make someone we're in a relationship with pay for the sins of our ex. So I know that there's a fair amount of you who get into relationships having not processed enough the pain and trauma that you experience in a past relationship and you bring it into your current relationship and as a result, you end up sabotaging the relationship. This is exactly why I wrote my Heartbreak Workbook. This feels as though I am speaking directly to you, to your heart right now. Get my Heartbreak Workbook. It's only 20 bucks because it's going to help you rewrite the story a little bit of your past relationship. Some of you might have to speak to counsel about this. We're all doing the best that we can. Relationships are not easy. It's really where we feel the most vulnerable. But bringing your past relationship into your current relationship is a very fast way to 
sabotage a relationship. And so that needs to be dealt with. Again, I'm going to devote an episode to that. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Chokehold number two, selfishness. Like I said, we get mindless We get obsessed with our needs. We say it all the time. Are they meeting our needs? Are they up to our standards? If we're in a relationship that we care about with a person who we love and we want to make the relationship better and for some of you even save it, then you have to practice being more mindful of when you are only focusing on your own needs and not the needs of your partner. And I'm going to dive into this a little bit more in a minute. Part of this is also mastering your inner voice. We all have to master our inner voice. And I talked a lot about this in a couple episodes before on how to love yourself. Learning how to talk to yourself in a way that is filled with self-respect. Our inner voices also have to be applied to how we talk to ourselves about the other person. And that's part of the storytelling that we do. When we get really trapped in our heads, we're trapped in an environment where our inner voice about the other person is scolding and angry. And there's lots of shoulds. They shouldn't do this. They shouldn't do that. So we have to master our inner voice in a relationship It's not about you anymore, (laughs) and it's not about them. It's about your relationship. So one of the most selfless things people do in a relationship is they don't just think about what's good for me or what's good for them. They think about what's good for the relationship. And when they switch their thinking to what's good for the relationship— That is what gives people the courage to have the difficult conversations because they know if they don't have the difficult conversations, their relationship, which is the thing that they're trying to protect, suffers. So they're willing to sacrifice the short-term discomfort of rocking the boat and saying something difficult for the long-term success and comfort of the relationship. 
And that is a huge part of what defines or differentiates selfishness versus selflessness in a relationship. I'm not talking about martyrdom or people-pleasing in case you haven't noticed. That's not what today is about at all. It's about protecting the relationship. It's about, yes, we are both autonomous human beings, but we have decided to also be part of a we. Number three, the habit of getting too comfortable. So definitely listen to my podcast episode titled Sex and Sweatpants and 10 Things to Be a Better Partner. That will really help you. In order to really prevent or break the habit of becoming too comfortable, you have to remember that as much as you're a we, you're also in a relationship with an autonomous being who's not obligated to stay with you, at least not in this culture. We have the privilege of being able to walk away from a relationship here. And so never treat your partner as though they would never leave you. A lot of people, when I say that, they immediately go to being mean and abuse. No, what if just, I don't know, treating them like a buddy instead of like your lover? Not paying attention to them or looking at your phone while they're talking to you. Or totally being stressed out and in your head all the time about work and not being present for the relationship. That's what I'm talking about today. How do you stay connected or restore connection? So if you're not in a relationship, this information is going to be your biggest leverage for when you do start a relationship again. If you are in one, I want to give you a 30-day challenge. You can do this with your partner, but you do not have to. I know it would be really great if the two of you decide to do this together, but if your relationship really is struggling, you might have to take this challenge on your own and see if you alone can transform your relationship. When we start to make these changes, we tend to inspire the other person to make the changes too. And if they don't, then maybe you have your answer for you about whether or not this is the right relationship. My hope is that you really study this. If you're single, practice this with a friend or a family member. And if you are in a relationship and you can do this together, think of this as sort of free couples coaching via this episode. Number one, bids for connection. John Gottman who is a psychoanalyst, therapist. He and his wife have written several books. He's written several books about basically the art of relationship. One of his most powerful books, Seven Principles of Making a Marriage Work, which I highly recommend. He talks about how we are always making bids for connection and we are often missing bids for connection. We're making them and we're missing them all the time. So someone says to you, are you hungry? That's actually a bid for connection. <laughs> Think about it. When you have said to someone, are you hungry? What you're really saying is, do you want to eat? Can I feed you? 
Do you want to eat with me? I want to eat. Should we eat together? It's a bid for some sort of connection. Anytime you go in for a hug or to hold someone's hand, you are making a bid for connection. Asking how their day was. You're making a bid for connection. You're saying, let's have a talk. I want to know how you are. Every time you ask someone, how are you? And you, and you actually mean it. And it's not just some like, Hey, how you doing? You're making a bid for connection. Should we go to sleep now is a bid for connection. It's basically saying, let's go to bed together. Let's sleep together now. Getting tickets to a show. A bid for connection. Anytime someone smiles at you, your partner smiles at you, you smile at them. There is a bid to connect in that moment. We are making bids for connection all the time with all the important people in our lives. And they are with us. But are we paying attention? Because guaranteed, you are without even recognizing it, turning people and your past partners, you're turning them down all the time. We talk about rejection like it's this big thing, you know, someone doesn't want to be with us. They don't love us anymore. And of course, those are the kind of rejections that are really hurt. But what about all the little micro rejections? If you're really honest with yourself, how often are you rejecting these bids for connection? How often are you rejecting your partner? And we know what it feels like, right? We know what it feels like when we go in for a hug and someone's not present, when we smile at them and, you know, they don't take the bait, you know, they don't smile back. Or we ask them how their day was and all they say is fine. Or that we say, you know, what do you want for dinner? And they say, I don't care, you know, and they just end the conversation. It's hurtful. It feels empty inside. We're doing that to people all the time. This is part of the unconsciousness that we bring to a relationship. And we can say that we're really self-aware, but we, we haven't reached a real level of self-awareness until we are able to recognize how these little things that we do or don't do on a daily basis is impacting the other person and impacting the relationship and therefore also impacting us because we are part of that relationship. So my 30-day challenge with this is start answering the bids for connection. Start noticing them and start responding to them. Stop turning your partner down. As John Gottman refers to it, turn towards them rather than turning away from them. Get so savvy in your relationship that you notice a bid for connection and you answer that bid. 30 days. Number two, I'm just going to give you three things. Number two, if you don't know already, and chances are if your relationship is struggling, you don't know, ask your partner what they need most from you. And then ideally that turns into a conversation where you're sharing what you need most from them. But don't start with you. Start with them. Do they need more security? Do they need more fun? Do they need to feel more important to you? Do they need more connection? Do they need to feel like you're growing together more? What do they need most? 
And how can you meet that need and get that conversation going? And the 30-day challenge for that, along with the bids for connection, is meet their need. And if you don't know how to meet their need, ask them. You're doing this as a couple. Do this for each other. 30 days. Number three, do fun things together. Remember the beginning of the relationship when you did fun things together? Do fun things together. It doesn't have to be huge. You could plan a trip, but it could just be just laughing together. If you are physical, this is going to sound nuts. I am telling you, this has helped so many people I've worked with. Buy Twister and play Twister at least once a week. If you can do it more, that's better. Schedule it. It's Twister night. Do, if you have kids, do it with your kids. But most importantly, do it together. And if it's another game, play another game. But I love Twister because it's so physical. Do more fun things together. Dance together. Laugh together. Be children together, right? We're, we're, we're all trying to learn how to not be a teenager and a kid in a relationship, not to be immature. But there's a whole other part of childhood, which is the part that is fun and carefree and living in the moment. So be more childlike together. It'll help you get out of your head. Getting out of your head will help you be more childlike and it all works with each other. It's not a chicken or an egg. It just feeds each other. All right? And do that for 30 days. Doing something fun could be really small every single day. So let me, let me do a quick overview. How to stay connected or restore a connection. 30-day challenge. Bids for connection. Stop missing the bids for connection. Become really savvy in your relationship and turn towards your partner and answer the bids for connection 30 days. Number two, figure out what they need most from you. Figure out how they would like that need to be met and meet it. Meet it for each other. And if you're doing this alone, do it just for them for 30 days and see if it transforms the relationship. If you really do it for 30 days and you are with someone who you should be with, it is going to have tremendous impact. Number three, do fun things together. Play Twister. Trust me. So this episode was about restoring connection in a relationship that's in trouble in any way or improving your relationship. Go with what resonates most with you. Work on what you know deep down you need to work on and do the 30-day challenge. And if again, if you're single, do this with a friend. Do this with a friend. Do this with your family members, especially the bids for connection. It's very powerful. And it's crazy because you'll start to notice, oh my God, I am rejecting people all the time and they're rejecting me all the time. If you have any questions about this, any comments about this, please feel free to reach out to hello at jillianonlove.com. That's where you can reach me. And then last but certainly not least, 
please rate, review, and subscribe. But even more important than that, if you have a friend or a family member, or maybe a few, who could benefit from this, please share this episode because you never know whose relationship you could be saving. And so that's it. I thank you for listening. I hope this was of tremendous value to you. I hope this gave you some real food for thought. And until next time, thanks for listening. Jillian on Love is a Q Code production, executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson, produced by Ryan Countshouse, edited in music by Will Tendy. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale, it's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.